Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here you'll learn about how to grow your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. This podcast has really turned into a movement and community of people who want to grow personally and professionally. Here we bring you some of the best marketing, sales, and business minds in the industry so you can elevate your business. All right, let's dive into the show. Hey, this is Spencer Powell, and welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 200. Yes, 200. We started this podcast several years ago. We've uh, we've taken it through many iterations. We've brought on some mini series. We've had multiple shows running through this feed at different times. And this core series of bringing on expert interviews and then doing mini lessons, typically where where I get on and and talk through something, usually marketing related, but not always. The core series is, is at episode 200. So we've probably got about, I don't know, 250 or 300 episodes in this feed if you actually listen to all the mini series and kind of special episodes and things we've done. But Pretty cool. Just looking back on it. I remember when we first started, I just told the team, hey, we're going to do this for a year before we decide if we want to keep going. And by the time we hit the year mark, it was too much fun. It was leading to lots of conversations. We were hearing lots of good feedback from listeners that you guys were enjoying the content. You were learning, you were getting connected in with, you know, with us at a deeper level, but also just the different guests that we bring on and either working with those guests or just taking away good, actionable advice and strategies and tactics that you could go and implement in your business, in your life, so you can make some improvements. So just really excited to hit this mini milestone, we'll call it, because we're going to keep this train rolling for, for a lot longer. That's the plan. But yeah, anyway, just super grateful. And today is is a fun one because I get to bring back a friend who's been on the show many times. We've done a mini series. We've done some things over the years together, and that is Sean Van Dyke. And today we're really just doing a very casual, what the heck's going on in the industry, in the market right now, what to kind of work on in your business right now, what to focus on. And Sean has some great advice and some great strategies around that. If you don't know Sean, you should, and you should also go check out builttobuildacademy.com. And that's where you can find his program and his process, his philosophy for running running a really tight ship in terms of a business, a very profitable one. So go check him out if you don't know much about him. And uh, even if you do, I'm sure you get a lot out of his program. But as I said, we're going to dive into kind of a, a casual conversation today. It's fun. We talk about some some strategies that you can dig into right now as we sit in kind of this, you know, just different times, things that we haven't experienced in this industry and, and other things we have, just maybe not to this magnitude. So I hope you get a lot out of this conversation, whether you, this is your first episode or maybe you've listened to every single one. Would love to hear from you. Always love hearing from, from listeners and, and you guys just yeah, get your thoughts, say hello. The best way to reach out is our email address, radio at builderfunnel.com. Just send a quick note. would love to hear from you, even if it's just a low or if you've had an impact that the show has made on you. We always love hearing about that as well. And with that being said, we're going to dive into today's conversation for episode 200 with Sean Van Dyke. Hey, Sean, welcome back. Hey, Spencer. Good to see you, man. Yeah, likewise. Well, it sounds like you're you're down in Florida now recording. So uh, kudos to you for <laughs> yeah, getting you on some see. vacation. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you a snapshot of my fancy setup, which includes a nightstand, a cardboard box, and a very uncomfortable bench. Maybe that could be the thumbnail for this yeah. for this episode. The elite setup that I have going on here. 
And that'll explain why it's a 12 minute podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's also, yeah. it's also nap time for the kids. And my wife will probably burst in here in a, in a minute and just say, you're being too loud. The kids can't, you know, take a nap. So nice, nice. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get you on here mostly to, to pick your brain, see what you're hearing across the country. Like if in our shoes, like we're hearing from clients, like they're kind of saying like, hey, are, are people, other people feeling like a little bit slower lead flow? And, you know, we're hearing the rumblings and for whatever reason, for me, it's always, I hear people on the coasts first and then it kind of like works its way in. But yeah, just kind of wanted to get your sense. Like, what are you hearing? You work with a lot of contractors, a lot of remodelers all over. Like, what's the overall sentiment? Well, I think the overall sentiment is that, and you kind of hear this in hush whispers, but this is not unique to any time period, even though it's business is booming and we're in demand and there's a housing crisis and there's a hiring crisis and all all these sorts of things. But if you kind of step back from it, and again, I'm I'm not an economist, but you you look at the cycle of the economy and the recessions and all of those terms that I don't know how to define them. So I'm speaking above my pay grade here, but it's, it's, it's just what happens. Demand goes up, prices go up, everybody gets really busy. And then somewhere in the future, it's going to, there's going to be a correction. There's going to be a downturn. There's going to be some, it's just, it's just what happens. And so it always, it's surprising to me when people get surprised by it. But I think that there are whispers saying everybody's kind of used to it, especially coming out of the, this, obviously the coming out of the pandemic, that was kind of a, a, a global, it was forced upon us, right? But that's still part of the cycle, meaning like stuff happens. And so people are starting to whisper saying like, well, when's this going to end? And everybody's got their own little economic factors. But I was like, I don't know when it's going to end. And in some areas like, you're, you know, you're in Denver, it's just, it's booming there. So bigger cities, you know, Austin is the same way. I'm close to Nashville. We're in Knoxville, but Nashville is just blowing up. But these bigger cities, I think they're going to probably see bigger swings overall because prices just can't keep going up. But then in Knoxville, where I live, it's just we're a little bit more insulated. So the swings aren't as much, but it's it's still percentage wise, it's still going to it's still going to be a hit. And I always just say, hey, whatever you think that and we were just talking about this before we hit record, whatever you think you might need to do to stabilize your business, or to help your business during a downturn or a little bit of dip, you should be doing that right now when things are really booming because it takes a while to build you know messaging and seo that like we were talking about before it's not a it's not a switch that you can flip on right if you could if you would and when you figure that out you'll be made right? yeah i mean well yeah we'll probably 100x our business overnight you know so. <laughs> yeah yeah but there's there's when it comes to especially marketing and branding and reputation and seo and all of the things that are at the top of that the top of that funnel they take a, an enormous amount of testing and tweaking to get right. And that's what I always tell people like right now, if business is good and we got work booked out for months, then you got to, you got to create some time to say like the downturn is coming. Is it six months? Is it 18 months? Is it three years? I don't know. But when it does hit, you'll be glad that you have these things in place. And what better time to test, to tweak and to screw things than when you're covered up with work and your clients are much more forgiving. So when they when the leads stop coming in and you got to be able to nail the messaging, you got to be able to nail the process and the experience, there's going to be contractors out there that oh man, I'm glad I screwed that up when no one was watching. Now when every lead is important and we either have to nail it or we 
or we get rid of them because times are desperate. We, you know, we need to know which are the ideal clients. We need to know which ones we need to nurture for a while and the ones that we need to just say no to. That takes a lot of testing. And now is the time that you want to try and test that stuff out and break it. Break stuff now so you're not broke later. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to make that last line tweetable or something. Oh you know, yeah. That was pretty now, good. So you're not broke later. I like that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but you, you talked about marketing as being one of those things that you should focus on when, when things are good and, and, you know, getting that system operating. What are a couple of other things that are at the top of your list for like, Hey, yeah, you're super busy right now, but don't forget about X. One thing is contract structure right now. And a lot of people, especially coming out of the pandemic learned a lot about the differences between like what's an allowance versus an escalation clause. And I get a lot of feedback because I, I produced a, or, a, you know, I wrote a blog post a long time ago and I'm a, I'm a big advocate fixed or lump sum pricing, especially for remodeling contractors, a little bit different for very large custom home builders. But the, the idea behind all of that, now that it's had time to marinate people like, Oh, Sean Van Dyke is a lump sum guy only. And I'm like, no, it goes, much deeper than that. What that means is, is the number, my number one rule of estimating is you can only price what you know. If you don't know what it is, then it's an allowance or, and then in, in the pandemic people, we got, a lot of people got caught and everybody knows what an escalation clause is now. And so nailing your contract structure for the future, because there may be, there may be a dip in the economy, but that doesn't mean that lumber prices are going to stabilize. And so understanding what your contract needs to be for your business model. And you need to, I always tell people, spend the money on an attorney right now. It's it's gonna, you know, for a good attorney, it's gonna, it's gonna pay for itself because a lot of people lost a lot of money or they got caught without having certain clauses to protect themselves. Now is the time to make sure get an attorney, go through your contract or get a standard contract and make sure that you understand everything in that contract so that when things do change, you can change your contract very quickly and stay up to speed with that. And then learning how you got to understand how to sell the contract to your clients, because there's a bunch of terms and clauses in there that, that need to be in there, but you've got to be able to explain them, explain it to your clients in, in layman's terms, like, Hey, I don't like this clause either. I always say blame the blame your attorney, but my attorney says it has to be in there, right? Here's what an escalation clause means. Here's what an allowance means. Here's what the schedule means, or whatever those those terms are in there, because it's going to be very important down the road when when things take a shift in whichever way they shift. Yeah. But back to the the lump sum thing. I am. I, I always say that because lump sum contracts are inherently more risky for builders, the reward is greater. Right. So wherever there's, if I'm going to, if I'm a contractor and I'm willing to have more risk, like I'm going to give you a price for something, then I should be rewarded for that. And two years ago, that's pretty straightforward. No big deal. But now, oh, and I put, I put out some things about saying, Hey, I can't believe that lumber is now an allowance. You could have a hundred thousand dollar lumber package today. That's if we order it today, but we know we're not going to order it for three months, six months. I can't tell you what it's going to be. So you got to make sure that your contract language is written. So to say, this is what it is going to be today. And it, we know it's going to change. Yeah. So that you don't have those awkward conversations down the road. Yeah. I think, I think it's really good advice. And it makes me think about, you know, the last couple of years have been maybe some of the busiest ever for remodeling and just, you know, especially coming out of the great recession. And then the next several years, like, 
it wasn't just demand on demand on demand coming at the industry. But unfortunately, I feel like it was a very low profit two years because of some of the things you're you're talking about. And so that's a conversation I've been having with a lot of people like, yeah, you're your revenue is maybe pumped up, you know, you've doubled in the last couple of years or some, some guys have done a lot more than that. And, but what are you taking home? And is it, and so I, I feel like part of that discussion of what do you focus on now is you want to make sure you're really profitable right now as that demand comes in, like, and what better time to be choosier with the projects you take on and pushing like price discovery, right? Like, is this project worth 10, 20% more now just because demand and, and low supply. So I don't know how you think about like pushing the envelope on pricing and and that sort of thing. I know obviously profit is very important to you, but uh, yeah, curious to, to hear how you think about price discovery and pushing that a little bit. Yeah. There, there's a couple of rules of thumb that, that I've always gone by. And again, these are just based on math. So people can, you know, they can disagree with my you know pricing strategy or their business tips and, and tactics or whatever. But I say when it comes down to your business, and the math of your business, you can't argue with me because I didn't invent the math. God did, and he's not changing it. So one of those rules of, rules of thumb is that a 15 to 20% growth is a pretty sustainable growth for a lot of contractors. Now, we're not talking the software industry or other industries. I don't know about that. But in general, mathematically speaking, if, if you grow by 15%, you'll double the size, if we're just looking at revenue, in five years. That's just the way the, the math works out. But then when people are seeing 15, 20, 30% increases in their revenue, they're like, oh, we're growing like crazy. But you've got to account, like you might be doing the same amount of work, maybe even a little bit more. But if you're not keeping up with infl- inflation and demand and these other things, you're not actually growing by as much as you think you do. So in general, if we've got, I don't know, whatever inflation is, uh, you know, to say 10%. If you raise your prices by 10%, guess what? You're still losing money because mm-hmm. of inflation. So, And then even people that incorporate that, you got to be careful to look and say, oh, we're doing 25% more than we were doing, 50% more than doing last year. But it's like, yeah, but are you making any more money when you factor in the actual math of it? That's really hard for a lot of contractors because especially during the lean times and then they see this growth, you got to have a heart to heart with yourself and your P&L to say, are we really growing or is the market just forcing us to grow? And then looking at that that percentage, that number down at the bottom, the net profit. Because a lot of times, I work with a lot of contractors, and they say, "Oh, we're we're targeted. We were three million last year, and we're already gonna, looks like we got seven million on the books this year." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, Jeez. did you did you double in the size in your bit?" No, but they're really excited about it. I'm like, "Let's get to the bottom line," because I would rather. And I had this conversation all the time. I'd say it's better to run a $5 million business profitably, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20% profit, have a $7 million business with no profit. And that's just, that's just the way the math works out. And that's why I tell people what you guys do is very important. Top of the funnel, getting the people in the sales and the marketing and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. We got to have the revenue first, but the only way to get to the P and L or the bottom of the P and L, the net profit is through systems. So we got to take a look at production. We got to look at schedule. We got to look at expenses and make sure that those things are are balanced out. Because what most contractors do is they just take on more and more work. They get really busy. They produce a bunch of more work. And then at the end of the year or at the end of the cycle, they look like, oh my gosh, we went from $5 million to $10 million business. But percentage-wise, we made less money. And that's that's pretty brutal. 
Yeah, yeah, it sure is. I, I definitely don't want to be doing double the work for half the profit yeah. or anything like that. Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, we've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. I have this philosophy. I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. So people are super busy right now. Leads are flowing in the door. And I'm telling people to put their foot on the gas and drive even more leads. And my philosophy is you can never have too many leads because you can... This example that you just used is a good one. You know, 3 million to 7 million. Like that's one outcome of more leads. The other outcome is that company could have raised their prices by 40 or 50% and, and saw where they started to get all no's. But you start getting more yeses, you could do the same three, three and a half million, but triple your profit because you you had more opportunities to push your pricing envelope and get, you know, you're going to get a lot more no's. But I would argue like, the, yeah, but the yeses you got, they're going to be your high margin projects, great customers, they're willing to pay, more patient. Like, But I guess I'm curious how you would react to that philosophy of you can never have too many leads. I would totally agree because on the leads side of it, I'll put it this way. You can have too many leads if you aren't automated. Like the lead okay. process should be automated and it, 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 takes a, it takes a little while to get there and understanding. I go back to this a lot because this is what I've learned to grow my business over the past several years is, <laughs> is not so much about what it is that you do. And this will offend a lot of people, meaning like I know the craftsmanship and the passion you have and even how you take care of your customers. That's all, that's all great. But nobody is going to buy from you if they don't read the words on in your ads, on your, on your website or what you put out on social media, whatever you're advertising and doing your marketing, the words are so important. So understanding like what words get people to take the next step in the funnel. So we're getting down to copywriting and copywriting is one of the most difficult things. But if you, when you nail it, I think I heard this from Seth Godin once. He said, don't change your marketing when you get bored with it. Mm -hmm. Only change your marketing when your accountant gets bored with it. Meaning, <laughs> hey, you're making so much money, we can play around with some things. So when you find something that that works, and what I'm talking about is the words you use to describe your process. And that process that you describe needs to be about the experience, the benefits, and the way you're going to make your customer feel. That's so important. Most contractors just say, hey, we do a great job. We have really high quality. You should hire us. And that is 
successful for a lot of contractors because of word of mouth and relationships they've built. But as you grow your business, your your audience gets colder and colder. And that's what feels really weird to people because they're, their marketing starts with such warm leads. So when you start getting colder and colder, that's just a, an ocean of no's. And you just got to be used to that because it's at that point, it's just a numbers game. Like you said, hey, I can get seven no's because I know the three yeses will pay 20, 30, 40% more. And then you, when you run out the math of that, then you're just like, oh my gosh. And it, it sounds like what I'm selling is, and you too, you know, what we're selling is snake oil. But we say with the right systems in place, you'll actually do fewer jobs and make more money. And I know how yeah. that sounds. It's like that's that's snake oil, but it's but it's the truth, math, math, and you can prove it mathematically. Like I said, hey, we get seven no's, but the three that we get, if we're charging them a premium price, then we'll make more money. Now you only get to charge a premium price if you can provide a premium experience. And then that's where the systems come into play. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, and and in fairness to us, it's very delicious snake oil. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. right. Back to what I was saying before, like, yes, you can have too many leads if you're trying to process them manually. Totally. You cannot have too many leads if you have at least some piece of automation built into it. And one of those things that I've been telling our clients to do this and, and we train them on how to do this and help them install it, like on their website, for example. I think that every contractor should have a buy now button on their website. And people will say, well, wait a minute, Sean, no one's going to buy a, ha- you know, a custom home off of a website. Yeah, a $2 million home, no one's going to, hey, I, that's not what I'm saying, but they will buy the, the step one of that process from you. And if you don't believe me, they, you know, people used to wave this is going to show our age, right? But people used to have to go drive, te- dr- test drive cars before they bought them. And then eBay and all these other sites just said, no, I'm, I'm going to buy a car right now before even, you know, even seeing it. Same thing with shoes. I use Zappos as an example, like shoes, we got to make sure they fit right and they feel good and then we'll buy them. And then they solve that problem. And so I always tell every contract, I don't care, service-based contract, remodeler, custom home builder, put a cash register on your site because your clients in five years, 10 years or whatever down the road, that all they know is to buy online through their through their phone. And if you don't have a way that someone can send you money and it's like, well, what are they going to buy? Yeah, they're not going to buy a custom home. They Who knows? They might. They're going to buy step one in the process. And that's usually yeah. the planning, the estimating, and as we call the, the pre-construction services. I feel like the industry has started to make a change toward that, especially with the demand now that people, I mean, I've got clients all the time, they're just testing that paid, what we call paid for planning out. And they're surprised. They're like, they didn't even blink an eye. And I think mm-hmm. because of demand, because every good contractor is booked up and busy, th- there's value there in for the customer to know, hey, we're in with a contractor. How do we get in with them? We paid them $1,000, $2,000, $10,000 to start step one of the process. So I, I think everybody should stick a cash register on their side. And that's back to the automation, meaning like, well, what are they going to get? They'll send you some money. Then you automate the process to say, hey, now you can book whatever that first initial meeting with, is with us, a consult or, or whatever. You plug in a calendar program. And so they can make it very convenient for them. And then once they get through the calendar of automation, then you shoot them a, a series of videos that go to their email and say, hey, thanks for booking your consult or your planning, whatever, you know, come up with a, a name for it. And then you can shoot a video and say, hey, here's the five things we need to talk about. 
at the first meeting. Then at the second meeting, we're going to cover these things so that we could get to the by our third meeting. This is when rubber hits the road and we're going to do X, Y, and Z. People will buy that all day long because that's exactly the problem they have. Hey, I don't know how I get from zero to start building a home. Oh, I just pay this contractor $1,000. I'm going to have a meeting with them. They're telling me exactly what homework I need to do, how to show up and do that meeting well, and what's going to come after that. People will, they will buy that all day long. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, we've got a custom builder I know, and he has built up just a lot of Legion. And so, yeah, on his contact us form, there's like a video. It explains like we're booked out for nine months and blah, 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 like all these barriers, right? Just throwing up all these barriers. And it's like, if you fill out this form, we will book a call with you and you will pay us a thousand dollars for this consultative call. And they were getting, they were still getting people, but obviously it like suppressed the people that weren't legit or weren't, you know, so I think you talking about the automation pieces. I talk also about barriers and like, you think about your contact us form, like right now, leads are just coming at you. So like add the barriers, throw them up, like build yeah. a big wall there. And then if things get slow, pull them all down, right? Yeah. Like, you, Hey, name an email. Like we'll talk to anyone. Like they don't. Yeah. Need you can always, that's whatever. exactly right. You, you can't do anything if you don't grab the contact information. Once you have the contact information, that's the great thing about automation is they're giving you permission now to, to market to them. Now you need to fulfill that and give them very valuable information. But at any point in the process, they can always hit unsubscribe or no or block your email. Like it's it's okay. And that's the an automated no is not the same thing as a conversational no. I want more of those no's because in order to get a no, I've probably got gotten their contact information. And they're probably gonna be a no for the next three contractors that they interact with for, for whatever reason. But if I'm the one contractor that has a nurturing sequence built out for my yeses, obviously my yeses, I want to get them as a client. My nos, hey, they've just said no once. They're really not going to fall out of my system until they've said no 10 times or whatever. And I've got an opportunity as they go tell other contractors no to say like, oh, well, Sean Van Dyke, I said no to him because that seemed ridiculous to pay them for an initial consult. But like, they delivered a scheduling thing and they delivered me some valuable information and they keep reaching out to me and they're staying top of mind. And then when they're no to three other people, they're going to come back to the one person that said like, Hey, here's some more information. You're on this journey to find a contractor. Maybe we can help you out even if it's not us. And so you can turn that no into a yes. And that, I think like you were saying, it's, that is just a numbers game. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's shift gears here. I want to talk a little bit about labor. Because I know that's been a, a big complaint, you know, across the board. And obviously, there's just been a lot of demand. And so when you throw a lot of demand at something that, you know, you couldn't just ratchet up supply all of a sudden, you know, we, yeah. we've seen what happens. But what's kind of the, the message that you're sending out to people that are that have that complaint or really struggling with, you know, finding the team to either fulfill the demand or hit their their goals or whatever it is? Yeah, one of the first things that we always talk about, and, and this is just how people naturally talk about it, you know, hey, I can't find the skilled labor that I need, or I can't find the right, you know, the qualified people or whatever. And it, what's behind that is that, like, I'm looking around and I don't see them. And then I say, well, what are you looking for in somebody? And like, literally, let's, let's list the kind of the qualities and the characteristics, obviously some technical skills for, for technical positions. But it's like, oh, somebody, when you break it down like this, they're like, oh, just somebody with a good work ethic. I'm like, yeah, cool. That's very important. You know, somebody shows up on time, 
Maybe they've got some skills. Maybe they've got some tools. Maybe they've got some experience. And you list all of these characteristics. And I said, you know, whatever it is, all of these great things that people list out, I'm like, those people already have a job. So you're not looking for the unemployed. You're looking for the employed. So you've got to start targeting people that have good jobs, but probably hate the work that they do, or they don't like their manager, or especially in construction right now, with as busy as everybody is, you have to play, you got to play the same, you have to understand the game that's being played out there. I mean, there are, it, like a lot of people are looking for project managers, right? So there are project managers that are working for bigger contractors, and they are just a cog in the machine. They're just a number to them because they're trying to keep up with demand. They don't get, you know, quarterly or monthly evaluations. The work is so demanding. There's so much of it at these bigger builders that they're just not, they don't feel like a person, right? And so you can go poach somebody from one of these bigger companies that they have the experience, they have the technical capabilities. They just don't feel like they have an opportunity or a path at at a bigger company. So you come up with some advertising, some marketing that speaks directly to them saying, hey, do you want to join a smaller team where you'll Maybe swing a bigger bat or you'll have more of an influence or you want to join our leadership team. There's a lot of people out there that hate their jobs, that are sick and tired of their managers, and they're looking for that opportunity. You won't necessarily have to pay them more. They'll want to make a lateral move because they don't see an opportunity with where they're at. So, yes, demand is very high. Absolutely. But that also means that people are working like crazy. And if you can create a culture and an environment where you say, hey, we value you here. We're not going to, and this gets back to what we were talking about before. We want you on our team so we can actually do fewer jobs and make more money. And yep. that's a very attractive message to a lot of people right now. But that's my big thing is like, you're not looking for the employed. You're looking for the highly employed, but you've got to understand, you've got to work out you know, what they're going to get. How are they going to benefit when they come to work for you? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's a huge takeaway. Cause yeah, you, you want the high caliber people and then you just, you're looking for your leverage point. And as a smaller company, you have a leverage point, or maybe if you're a bigger company, you're going to have a different leverage point. And it's just about finding the person that's not in the right place. Yeah. I love that. A couple more questions to wrap us up here. One is just any predictions for the last half of the year or words of wisdom, if you don't want to make any bold predictions or just kind of like final thoughts on state of the industry. <laughs> okay. So here's my big prediction that, that will happen in the next six months. Sweet. Okay. A- yeah. Absolutely. And if this doesn't, if this doesn't come true, then you can replay this and, and, and people can call me a liar or whatever. Yeah, we'll get it out there. What I'm talking yeah. about, but there is a period of time, probably around the third week of November to the end of December, where things are going to slow down a little bit. People won't want you in their homes, and people aren't going to respond as quickly. That's my prediction. Right? That's a and great it, prediction. And, yeah, and it happens every year. <laughs> people get they get caught off guard by Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, but it comes every you know every year. So it'll be kind of funny here, or trying to be funny. That's my attempt at being funny. But I, I hear all the time when people say, "Oh, well, when we slow down, then we'll." work on these systems or, you know, we have a lot of clients that, that work with us and, or that want to come and join the Academy and, and do what it is that we do, you know, get the, get the training. Oh, when it slows down and I'm like, well, hold on. That's not, you're not, you're probably not a good fit. Like, because when someone says like, Oh, when our business slows down, I, you're a business that like figure, figure something out. So you don't slow down. Now I get what they're saying. Like our customers, the industry slows down, you know, weather and holidays and all of that kind of stuff. But we, 
you got to you got to plug those holes with things. So that's my only prediction for the end of the year is that it will slow down between Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. I like it. Um, I like it. Well, well, if that doesn't happen, then I can't wait to <laughs> yeah, come back I mean, and replay. <laughs> well, if, yeah. Who knows? If Christmas and Thanksgiving don't happen this year, then you can replay that and be like, Sean Van Dyke does not know what he's talking about. I'm going to have the clip ready just in case. Yeah, just, <laughs> just in case. But on the other side, too, if Christmas and Thanksgiving do happen again this year, then yeah. you have to. Sean was right. Sean was right. Yeah. This guy (laughs) knows what he's talking about. Right on. Sean, if people want to learn more about you or connect with you online, see what you're up to, what's a good place? First of all, they can go to my website, seanvandyke.com. That's S-H-A-W-N-V-A-N-D-Y-K-E. If they want to learn more about our business training and coaching programs, we do that at the builttobuildacademy.com. And I don't know when, when is this going to air? Do you know? Probably... In a month-ish. Okay. Yeah, so we, we've got, now that the world's opened back up again, we're back doing live events. So we've got a live event planned for October 27th and 28th in Austin, Texas. So that'll be fun to, to get out and do live events again. But yeah, follow me on Instagram. We've got a YouTube channel. Hopefully, all the work that we, that we put into place, if you just type into Sean Van Dyke into Google, you'll get all of our stuff. And yeah, and I'm very active, active very active on Instagram. So if you get a DM from from me on Instagram, it is me. I, 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 there's nobody else behind that. So that's a great way to to get in touch with me. Right on, right on. Well, Sean, I always enjoy spending some time with you. So thanks for for joining me today. Hey, man, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that one with Sean. As always, I like to pull out some takeaways from you when we listen to listen to a podcast like this and and get a, a great guest in it's important to walk away and have some some actionable things that we can take and and weave into our business versus just consuming information to consume and so lots of takeaways in today's conversation but a few that stood out to me number 1 focus on that bottom line you know revenue is sexy it's exciting we want to book it we'd like to see that number go up but what counts is how much you're keeping. So focusing on bottom line, let's run healthy, profitable businesses. And that is something that that should be focused on at all times, not just during good times or bad times. Like that should be a, a primary focus. Thought that was a good one. Two was process. Take a look at that. Take a deeper dive into how leads are coming in, how you're weeding them in and and out. You know, how do you pull them, pull in the right leads and and pull the best leads into your sales process and then kind of politely turn away the ones that are not a good fit. So take a look at that. And then three, in terms of talent, like all the good people have jobs. So think about what you add in terms of value to somebody that has a job somewhere else that could be a great addition to your team. And that mindset versus like, there's a bunch of unemployed people out there and I'm just hoping to find the perfect person. Like, no, we need to reframe it around how are you going to add some more value to somebody that's already got a good job and they're looking for something a little bit better. So those were three of the big takeaways that I pulled from from Sean's strategies and thoughts from our conversation today. I'm sure you probably had a couple more as well. And as always, guys, I really appreciate you listening and we'll see you next time here on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And as a quick reminder, text RADIO to 33777 for some free goodies as a thank you for listening to the show. And if you got some value from today's episode, I just ask that you leave us a quick review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word and grow this awesome community of people who are working to improve their lives and their businesses. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.